Okay, we are doing Daf Kufnun and Gimel, starting from the top. The Gemara says, Amar of Yudav Reid Rav Shmuel Bashilas Mishmei Derav. From a person's eulogy, you can tell. You're able to tell if the person is going to Olam Abba. You're able to tell at the, from the speeches that are given whether or not the person is going to Olam Abba. So what does the Gemara mean? How are you able to tell? Anyone, you know, maybe the person who is saying the eulogy is lying. So the Gemara means so you can tell from the crowd that if the crowd is, 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 um, is clearly into the speech and they're, 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 they have the, they share they're moved by the words that the speaker is giving then you can tell that it's an indication that the speech is truthful but if the person is speaking and the crowd is not you know moved at all then they're almost like rolling their eyes then you can tell that things are not true um and the person is not going to Olam Abbas. So Mar asked is that really true Eni is it true that it's natural that it is Sadik Slavai everybody's going to be moved by the speech make sure to make give a very moving eulogy for me at my funeral Dawson came now I'm going to be there meaning I'm going to be watching you so make sure you give me proper respect in my in my own eulogy so if we're saying that it's natural, that it's Sadiq at, at his Leviah, everyone's going to be moved by the speeches. So why did Rav, who obviously is a Sadiq, have to tell specifically Rav Shmuel to make sure that he gets to give him a stirring eulogy? So the Gemara answer is low cash. It's not a question because it, it all depends how much effort the speaker is giving. It depends. If he's the person who was, was, was a Sadiq, when the, when the person giving eulogy is trying to give a moving speech and the people then will be moved. But a person who doesn't have, it's not so, it's not such a big tzaddik, even if, even if the, the, the eulogizer is trying to give a good speech, but, uh, and, you know, stir up the crowd, but he might not be able to do it if the person wasn't really righteous. Whereas if a person, if the speaker is not even trying at all, he's not, he's just going through the motions, he's not necessarily trying to give a stirring speech, then even for a righteous person, it might not mean anything. So Rav was saying, hey, make sure to give a stirring speech. And then naturally, because I'm a tzaddik, it's going to be that people will be moved. However, by Russia, even if the, 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 the speaker is trying to give a moving speech, it might not necessarily be effective. Says the Gemara Malayabai, the Rabbi Kagon Mar, someone like yourself, like you, Rabbi, the son of Kulifa Badisa, everybody in Pupadisa hates you. Why? Because Rabbi, it seems like Rabbi used to give a lot of musr to the people, so the people didn't really like him so much. Marachim Espedu, who's going to give a really moving eulogy for you? Nobody likes you. So Amalek, Rabbi said to Abai, Messiah at Rabbi It's enough, it's just you. And Rabbi Barachanan give my give a eulogy at my funeral. That's going to be enough for my soul. Says the Gemara, "By me, Rabbi Lazar, my Rabbi is open. Olam Abba, who's a person who's going to go to the world to come." Amalei Rab said, "Look at the pasuk. It says, 'Vaznachat Tishmana Davar Mecharachalimar.' Your ears are going to hear something from behind you. They'll hear someone saying, 'Zed Derech Luchuvo Kisaminuva Vachisasmilu.' This is the way. Go in it, whether you're turning right or left. So it sounds like Rab is talking, saying that this pasuk is talking about the the funeral of a tzaddik, and the pasuk saying is that." And people are saying about the person, this is the way to go. Meaning, this guy, whatever this guy did, that's what you should do in life. If that's what people are saying about the person, that he's a role model, whatever he did is the right thing to do, then that is a sign that he's going to Olam Abba. Continues the Gemara of Hanina. Hanina says, Kol Anyone whose his behavior is praised by his teachers. So meaning not just his family, not just his friends. Are they saying nice things about him? But his teachers specifically are also saying nice things about him and they have no bias storms or anything. So if the teachers, the teachers say nice things about him, then you know he's really a tzaddik. Okay, so now we go back to the end of the psukim from yesterday's uh, daf. We're talking about Kohelas about uh, the deterioration of the body as it gets older. So we talk about the preparation for death. So, so it says that, 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 um, that, that the eulogizers, the, the sovtim, are going in the streets. B'nei, so what is that? What in the world is this talking about? So B'nei Galil Amri, the people in Galil say, you should do things before the coffin. What does that mean? Meaning do things while you're alive so that the time when you're at your own Leviah, the speaker who would stand in front of the coffin will, will say nice things. B'nei Yehuda Amri, do good things behind your coffin. Meaning, 
I guess in Yehuda, as the Gemara is going to say, the person giving eulogy would stand would stand behind the coffin, and we're saying that you should do good things that the person behind the coffin will be saying nice things about you. And the Gemara says, below Pligi, there's no machlokas. It's not a contradiction about the front of the coffin or behind the coffin. Marikiasri or Marikiasri. It's just that people there were different locations. Um, in different locations, they had different customs. If the eulogizer would speak in front of the coffin, or he would speak behind it. So, but the point is the same that we're interpreting the pasuk that a person should should be doing actions in this world, thinking about what what the eulogizer is going to say about him at his own funeral. It says the Gemara Tananas, and we learned in a Mishnah. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, Shuv Yom Echol That what's the time to repent? A person should repent one day before death. So Shalot Hamidus Rabbi Lazar, when they heard this, so the Talmidim asked Rabbi Lazar, they said, How does a person know? When exactly he's going to die? How can you say what is this advice to, to, to do Teshuvah one day before death if a person doesn't know what that day is? So Amalan, Rabbi Lazar says, Bakoshikan, you're right. So then you're right, but it actually makes my argument even better. Yashav Hayom, then you have to do Teshuvah actually today. Because maybe it's tomorrow is the day that you're going to die. Therefore, it will come out. If a person lives life with this perspective, that today might be the last day before death, and therefore today is the day of Teshuvah, it will come out that. Um, that he, all of his life he will be doing teshuva, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. That's the point of the Gemara. It says the Gemara, Shlomo Amar so also says, looking at the Pesukim and Kohelis, he says, At all times, one's garment should be white. And his head, person's head should never be missing oil. So what does that mean? So Amar, so Amar, um, so right, but before anything, just Rashi explains that the garment we're saying is the Neshama, so it should always be kept white, meaning a person should always be Constantly doing teshuva so that their soul is remaining nice, uh, nice and clean. Says the Gemara, Yochanan ben Zakkai. Yochanan ben Zakkai said, "What Shlomo Melch saying? Mashal Melch shezimens avodah v'sudah can be compared to a king. He invited all of his servants to a big banquet, but they'll come on He didn't tell them when exactly the banquet was going to start. Pichin shabaham, the wise ones, the wise servants, kishuas asman, they already uh, got themselves dressed properly to go to the banquet. and they sat, they sat there waiting, uh, right at the door." For it to start, armor they said, but the, the palace lacks anything. So, in other words, we don't know when it's going to be, but it might be any moment when it's going to start. We have to be ready to go. But the foolish servants, they, they went to their work and they didn't get dressed. They were totally uh, neglected the need to get ready for the party. So, armor they said, and there's such a thing as, you know, a suja that's just ready without without working for it. So, maybe it's going to be a long time before the suja is going to come. So, we have plenty of time ourselves to do other things before the suja. But piss from suddenly, because of myself, he didn't warn anybody. The king suddenly said, all right, time to go. Let's go. So the wise servants went in and they were dressed properly. But the fools, they came in with the clothes that looked horrible because they had been working. The king was very happy to greet the wise servants because but he was upset when he saw the foolish servants. The king said, the, 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 tzaddik, the, the good ones, the good servants who adorn themselves nicely, they should come and be at my banquet, eat and drink. They're prepared. But the bad ones who hadn't prepared, they can only watch. They can be here, but they can only watch. So the Gemara says, It's not a good muscle because even in the muscle, we're saying that the foolish servants, they at least could look like they're, you know, attending the other guests. They're at least, they're at the party. They're not totally out of it. So it seems like we're saying that even the wicked people go to Olam Haba. They may not be enjoying it. They may not be eating or drinking, but at least they have a seat at the table. So, so rather, that's not right. So both of them are seated at the table. The wise people are eating, but the foolish people go hungry. 
the wise servants drink, and the, where everyone else is thirsty. My servants are going to eat, you're going to be hungry. My servants will drink, you're going to be thirsty. My servants will be singing out of happiness. So here it makes more sense. It's giving a much better uh, a much better impression that they're going to be totally shamed. In other words, in the previous one, we're just saying that they're going to be like at least there and serving. And now we're saying that no, they're going to be sitting there and they're going to be denied. They're going to be like you, you're, they're going to be going hungry. They're going to be going hungry when everybody else is eating. So there's more shame for the rishaim who came with the dirty clothes. Okay, so we were just talking about the white garments, and now the gemara continues with a different idea here. Dava acher, another interpretation. It says b'cholis you the that all times a garment should be white elu tzitzis. This is tzitzis, um, and, and the idea is that, right, the tzitzis are always a white corner garment, the, 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 the white strings with the tzitzis. So we're saying that a person should always have white tzitzis. Your head should never be missing any oil. That's a reference to tzitzis, uh, the crown on top of um, on top of one, one head. Okay, Adon Lachshal says the Gemara, an interesting scenario, which is the last paragraph. The scenario is it's late Friday afternoon. You're on the road. And suddenly the sun is setting, you don't realize whatever it is, and you're stuck there right before Shabbos. But you have your wallet. Now you can't carry your wallet. You have a problem with Hotsa. Hotsa is carrying. You also have problems with Muktz, as we will see, but you also, most importantly, have a problem of carrying. So what happens? So you, so notice in Kisal and Akri, before Shabbos, you can instruct a non Jew, you give it to him, and you instruct him to bring it in. Now, even though normally it's forbidden to tell a non Jew to do a malacha for you on Shabbos, the rabbis were especially lenient here because of this person who was on the road. We'll see why in the Gemara. Let's say that's not a good solution. Let's say there's no there's no nakri there. He doesn't have an Andrew to instruct him. Then he can put it on his donkey. That is, his donkey will be carrying it. It's like he himself won't be carrying it. That's a little bit better. And again, we'll see. Normally, you're not allowed to do malacha with the donkey. Uh, your 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 animal can't do malacha for you on Shabbos. Why is this allowed? So we'll see in the Gemara. Once he goes into the outer courtyard of the city, and he now he he's unloading, and we'll see that once he gets to the uh, the first secure place. He's not allowed to use any of these things further and going through the streets of the city. Once he gets to the first secure place, then he has to unload his stuff. So note those, he could take off anything that's not moksa, but any kalim which can't be moved on Shabbos because they're moksa, so then you can't take off. So what do you do? You undo the ropes that had them tied to the saddle, and now the sacks will fall down by themselves. That's not a problem now of muksa, and as we'll learn more, more details about that muksa point in the Gemara. So first we analyze this thing. We're saying that a person is on the road, Shabbos is beginning, he doesn't have enough time. So the first solution the Mishnah gave is that you do Amir Lenachri, you tell a guy to carry it for you. So the Gemara asks, why? My time is Shabbat, the Mesa of Kisu Nachri, why the Rabbana Madrang to do Amir Lenachri? You're not allowed to do Amir Lenachri. So the Gemara answers, Kimlu the Rabbana, the rabbis figured out, the Ain of the Mom and Asma a person will not be able to hold himself back from saving his wallet, from his money. Lo Sharislan, if you don't give him a solution, if you don't give a solution, like something like that, like asking a guy to do it, you know what the guy's going to do? He's just going to come to carry it himself. He won't be able to hold himself back. So better that we give him a solution to violate the Dindar Abanan uh, than, than for him to do the Malacha itself. And obviously this is based off the point this is based off the point that Amir al-Nakhri is only a Durabanan. So we're saying the better that that is done than the person than the person himself doing a um, a Darais. Says the Gemara, Marava Daka Kiso, this hatter is only for one's wallet. But if it's just something you're finding, low, you're not allowed to tell him, let's say you see a wallet there and you could pick up and make money, you can't tell the Nakhri to do it. Why? 
so the idea is because there we don't have the thing that you won't hold yourself back if it's your own money, your own wallet. So then you won't be able to restrain yourself and you'll come to do the malachah. So the rabbis had to be lenient. But when it comes to just a random etziah, a random lost object, yes, you would stand to make more money, but you don't, psychologically it's not as difficult to part with it because it was never yours. You didn't work for it. So therefore, there's no hatter to tell the guy to do the malachah. Says the Gemara Pshita, Kiso Tanah, the mission only gave an example of your own purse. Clearly, a lost object is not your purse. So the Gemara says, Matim, who didn't have to say, you may have said the mission is even a lost object. I'm telling Kiso, the reason the mission talks about a person's own wallet or Khalimosak done because that's just a more normal case. Kamashmalan Rabbah tells us that's not the halacha. And that uh, a found object is not allowed. One is not allowed to tell to tell a guy about it. Says the Gemara. This idea of the lost object is only if he hadn't already picked it up before Shabbos, meaning he hadn't he hadn't already been koning it. Um, he hadn't gained possession. So then you can't tell the guy to go get it for you. If you had already picked it up before Shabbos, then it becomes already yours. So once it's yours, so then you're not, the same idea applies. It's going to be too hard for you to part from it. So even though you didn't work for that, but once it comes into your hands, it's already by you, it's already yours, then we're saying you will not be able to part with it and you would be allowed to tell the non-Jew to take it in. However, in the second version of the Gemara, that point is not so clear. There are those who say different that by Rava. Rava actually asked it like a question. Rava wondered, Let's say a, law, a found object that was already he was open before Shabbos. What's the halacha? Do I say, given to us the other kikisei dami? Once it's already come into his hand, it should be like his own purse. Or do we say, given to lotarf lav dami? Since he didn't put any effort into getting it, so it's not like the purse. And the Gemara says, take go. In the second version, it's a suffix. In the first version, we were assuming for Dabar pasha that once it's come into his hand, uh, once it's come into his hand, then. Then uh, it's treated it's treated like his own wallet, and he's allowed to tell the guy. And the second version of the Gemara, it remains a suffix. Okay, any monachar, he said, if there's no guy, then you put it on the donkey. So the Gemara infers, time of the any monachar, it's only because there's no guy with him that you do it. If there was a Gentile, better to give it to the Gentile. Better to give it to the Gentile than to give it to the donkey. My time, oh, why is that the better option? Regarding a donkey in general, you have to make sure your, your donkey doesn't do malacha for you on Shabbos. But for a guy, it's not a derive, so you don't have to make sure that he doesn't do that he doesn't do malacha. So there's a, only just a dindarabanan. There's just a dindarabanan not to tell the guy. So better to tell the guy where it's only dindarabanan than than it would be to um than it would be to to have the to have the donkey carry it where we have real issues that the the animal is doing work for you on Shabbos. And in fact, we're going to analyze that. How, in fact, is it mutter? But it definitely makes sense at this point in the Gemara that there's a preference that's given for the guy to do it over the animal. Says the Gemara, Hamar, let's say you have a donkey and you also have children or a person who's a deaf mute or someone who's deranged. So all these people who don't have das without das. So what's the halacha? Which person, how do, how do we prefer doing it? So the Gemara says, should he, he should put it onto the donkey. And not give it to the kid, the, to the kid, the deranged person, or the deaf mute to do. My time, or what's the reason? Because these are human beings. So even though they don't have das and they don't have to keep Shabbos, but you might confuse them with other human beings. So it's, you don't want any human being to be doing malacha on Shabbos. Better to do, the, to do that and better, be, 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 better to give it to the animal than to have a human being do the malacha. Because the donkey is not a human being. Let's say you don't have a, uh, an animal. All you have in front of you, you can either give it to a deaf mute or to a deranged person. Clearly, you should give it to the deranged person because he has totally like no, no das whatsoever. The deaf mute has only very limited things. So even if halakhically it's not classified as das, 
but better to stay away, better to give it to, to the totally deranged person. Shota v'katan, let's say you have the shota and a katan la shota, also better to give it to the shota because the kid is eventually going to become a person who has da. So always better not to give it to the kid if you don't if you don't have to. But all these things that you see in the Gemara are viable if that's the only solution in front of you. The Gemara is just trying to give us like where it is on the, on the hierarchy of like what we prefer to see done. Says the Mai. What about a deaf mute and a minor? So the deaf mute has like limit right now, like he's got like a little bit more das than the katan, but the katan is going to come to a much greater extent of das than the khir, than the khir. So which one do we prefer? So the Gemara says, a little bit as well. is not a question. Let's say Trima is separated by deaf mute. Now Trima can only be separated by somebody with das. You can't make a halos if you don't have das. So he says that if a cheirish does it, it can't be treated like totally unconsecrated, meaning it has the stringencies of truma. Why? The thing is, is treated like it's a question, meaning his limited capacity of das leaves us with a question. Maybe on some level, maybe on some level, he has enough das to consecrate truma. So according to Rabbi Lazar, clearly it should be give, done, given to a kid and not a deaf mute because we treat halachically the deaf mute as someone who's questionable that perhaps they have das. Where is the question? I'll leave it to Rabbi Lazar. According to the Rabbi who disagree with Rabbi Lazar and they hold the deaf mute, it doesn't have das at all. It's not. It says in the Mishnah, there are five people who shouldn't operate truma because they don't have das. And if they do, it's not effective at all. These are the people. Someone who takes off from truma that's not his. Or if a guy takes off truma from the produce of a Jew, even if the Jew consents, ain't truma so truma, there's no truma whatsoever because it has to be done um, by a Jew. So at any rate, according to the Rabbanan, the deaf mute has no, uh, has, is not considered to have das at all. So who should we give it to? Is it the cheresh or the katan? My Should we give the wallet to the deaf mute to katan as a das? Because the kid, at least one day, is going to get to das. So better not to give it to him. Or maybe we should give it to the minor. Because the deaf mute, um, he, 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 it's, it's harder not, it's, it's, it's easier, I should say, to confuse him with a regular adult because he's an adult. So better to give it maybe to the cotton. That's less confusing. Everybody can clearly see that uh, you're only giving them because he's a kid. So the Gemara says there's two opinions. Some say it's preferable to give it to the deaf mute. There are those who say that you give it to, that you better to give it to the little kid. Okay. Um, now the Gemara wants to know, the Gemara pushes it. What did we just say? We came out, the best thing to do is give it to a guy. After that, a donkey. After that is a shota. After that, Either a cheresh or a katan, two different opinions. Now the Gemara wants to know: What if none of those options are in front of you? What do you do then? There's another method for the person himself. Don't want to say it explicitly because it was like a huge leniency, so they didn't want to talk about it. So what is it? You could yourself carry it as long as you make sure that you stop. You come to a stop. Every four amas, so you don't walk uh, uh, uninterruptedly four amas at a time carrying this thing. Then, then it's um, then it's okay. So, so this is the idea is that normally we say that that's a drabon and Why is it Asr? Because you might come to carry four amas. But here in this situation, the rabbis were lax. So the Gemara says, Why didn't the Rabbanan, if this is indeed the halacha that you could do it, why didn't the Rabbanan want to say and reveal it? It says that about the honor of Hashem, you should always conceal things. The honor of kings, you should investigate. So, meaning publicity is not going to be good for the covet of Hashem, right? People are going to people are going to come to do malachas as the Gemara speaks out. What threat is there to the honor of Hashem if we're going to disclose this? Because people learn about this, they might start doing it all the time and come to carry for Amos Rishas Ram. So that's why, even though technically it is an option, it's definitely something that we don't want to talk about. Tanya, Rabbi Lazar, Omar, Boba, Yoma. On that day, there were this God you saw. They piled up the saw. So imagine you have a cup. 
and then it gets to the top. And then you can put even more, like overflowing. So that's what happened here. In other words, they added to the Daraisas. Uh, in Daraisa, right, you could definitely do, you could definitely do, um, you could definitely do Pachos So when they're making this din, this Dakana, that in general, we don't like a person doing that. So it's good. We're, we're adding up all these extra dinam and more halakha is observed because of it. Actually, by adding more, what happened was that more fell out and they only got back to the level, like the basic, you know, level of the top of the cup. They weren't able to keep it. It was like too much zera and too much zera means that people don't do it. And the Gemara now explains. Tanya, opinion that it was good. There was a box full of melons and gourds. Like those are all the derisas. Also notice in the Zohar, a person can pour in, there's room for all these more mustard seeds and all the gas will be filled in and now it will hold even more. So it's good. So the Chachamim, made more halachos and everything was kept. It's beautiful. However, Mashal Yishuah is saying that they made too many takanos and it made too much halacha that people couldn't keep. What can we compare it to? We can compare it to this big, um, like a big bowl that's full of honey. If a person puts in other fruits, it's going to, uh, the honey is going to spill out. So so to hear, when the Chachamim are putting in all these extra halachos, then uh, it gets too much. And why is this? Because Rashi explains, maybe the person doesn't want to give it to, to an Akhri. You know, he doesn't want it. So if we if we would have said, you know, if, that from the, from the outset, you can just carry less than four Amos, it would have been fine. Now the person didn't know that that option was in front of him. And because the person didn't know that that option was in front of him, and he thought the only thing he can do is give it to a guy, if he doesn't have a good guy around him that he trusts to do it, then what's he going to do? He's just going to come outright to do the Malacha. So in a weird way, you're trying to protect the Halacha and be all machmer, not even tell people about the Dina Pachos Mechavachos, you're going to end up causing, obviously that's not the intent of the Chachamim, but this is what Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua is saying, you're going to end up causing that all the honey is going to spill out. People are just going to come to do the Malacha themselves. So it's a very interesting Machlokas here between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yeshua. Was it good that the Chachamim did not disclose this option of Pachos Mechavachos Mechavachos, or was it bad? The Chachamim didn't do it because they didn't want people... They were scared that the person wouldn't remember to stop at the end of four Amos. But did they cause now more Chil Shabbos for the people who didn't have a guy in front of them or not? Says the Gemara, we said if there's no guy available, then you put it on the donkey. So the Gemara says, that's a Daraisa, hello Mechamer. That's Mechamer, causing an animal to do Malacha. Rachmana Amar, Losasa Kamalacha. So what's the mean, Losasa Kamalacha? Losasa Kamalacha, Ata, Vinucha Vitacha, Abdacha, Ramaswam, Hamtacha. When the Pasik says, don't do Malacha, and then with your animal. So what does it mean? It means that you and your animal together shouldn't do Malacha, like this, where you put something on the animal to carry, and then you're Mechamer, then you lead the donkey. So that's a Losasa in the Torah, it's Mamasha Daraisa. So the Gemara is saying, how are you able to do a malacha d'araisa just because you need to get to violate malacha d'arabana? We can understand the rabbanon can be lenient because they saw it was in the best overall thing that a person doesn't come to the d'araisa, but the chachamim can't let you do a d'araisa. So how is the person? How is the person able to put it on the animal? So the my answer is the, the key is right. The animal is only doing malacha. Remember, hotza is only with akira and hanacha when you pick it up and when you stop. So if an animal was at rest and you put it on it and then it started going, so that would be an akira. And then when it stops, it'd be hanacha. So you're careful to only put the purse onto the onto the animal when it's already in movement. So therefore, the animal is never doing an akira to the wallet, and therefore, it's never a malacha is never being done. Says the Gemara, certainly at some point, the dog is going to stop to urinate or to or to defecate. So then it stops, and then when it continues, it's going to go after that. That's going to be another akira. So it's inevitable it's going to, there's going to be a, a malacha done. So the Gemara answers, a person's always on top of it. When it's already walking, you put it on it. And when it's about to stop, no and when it stops, then you take it off until the donkey starts to walk again. So meaning, it will end up doing a anacha. 
but you're going to make sure that it never does an Akira because you make sure that you take it off when it stops. So you only put it back on once it's already in movement. So it ends up that no, absolutely no Akira is ever going to be done by the animal. That's the situation. But in Akanami, to just put it on the animal regularly, the animal's going to do an Akira, would not be allowed. So the Gemara asks, Ihachi, if that's the case that you're doing it, I feel like you should be allowed to put the wallet on another Jewish friend. <laughs> the whole point is that no Akira is happening. So why are we saying, because you're putting it on someone who's already moving, so why are we saying you're only allowed to do that for an animal? Why can't you just put it on, on, on your friend like that? So the person's never been doing Akira. So the Gemara answers, Ramar Papa, Koshi, any if you do yourself. If you do it together with your friend, it's still us to do. Even in the case of the person traveling, the Rabbanan didn't want you to do that. Because if you're going to do all these things, it's still going to be a Durabanan where they're jointly doing it. Once he's doing, you know, he's putting it on him when he's walking. So there's only an Akira and then the person only does enough. But yes, technically it's not such a problem. But the Rabbanan don't want you to do it because if the real Malacha would be done, it would be Chai Vachatas. Any Malacha that even if you do jointly, it's only Usher. Then you could do it with your donkey, even totally Lechatchila. So the Gemara is saying that this idea by the donkey is a little bit more lenient. We're more lenient to say that if, if the donkey is not going to be doing an Akira, then we'll be moderate outright. So that's the basic the basic point that we're saying here. After all is said and done is that we're only going to be lenient with the donkey to do this trick of never, making sure the donkey never does never does a, uh, never does does a an Akira because since it's only with the animal to begin with, we're more lenient. But to use a person where if it would be done, it's a Chivchatas, there we are more Machmer. We do not allow it. So it comes out that this eats the Mishnah to use it to put it onto an animal, we're, we're sticking, we're defended means only when by putting it on by putting the wallet onto the animal once it's already moving. And that's why the Doraiso is not being over and the Rabbana were more lenient because of the wallet situation. Now we still see one more option besides for besides for Pachas Pachas Midala, like we mentioned, that stopping within every four, there's another solution as well. Says the If a person has like a uh, a pack that's on his shoulder. He has like a big thing on his shoulder. So he can just run until he gets home. What's the idea? The idea is that the person is never going to stop. So if he never, if he never stops, he never did an Akira because he was already, he already, he already did an Akira before Shabbos started. Once Shabbos starts, it's like he's already in movement. So as long as he makes sure that he doesn't stop, and then and, and that's why we're telling him to run. We're telling him to run because if he's walking slowly, we're concerned that he may stop. But by telling him to run, he's never going, he like has like a sign in front of him that reminds him not to stop because he has to be running. So therefore he never is going to, he's never going to stop. And if he's never going to stop, it will be okay. Um, he'll never do, he'll never do the Hanacha and then he hasn't done a Malacha. So you're allowed to do such a thing. Now, obviously, again, normally, you're not allowed to do such a thing on Shabbos, but because here's the wallet and you have no, you're in a pressing situation. That's why the rabbis are lenient. So just run as soon as Shabbos starts. You can just run and uh, run home. Says the Gemara, it's only okay if you run. I'm a color, color, blow. If you walk regularly, it's not okay. My time, I keep it here. Since you have nothing reminding you not to stop, we're concerned that you're going to stop and do Akira Nacha. So it's only mutter if you run to have something reminding you not to stop. Says the Gemara, so, so, still at the end, once you get home, the actual Kayaport, it's impossible that you're not going to stop for a second before you go in. So then you're going to be, you're going to do a transfer from a public place into a private place. Because once you're going to stop outside your house, when you go into the house, you're going to do an Akira from the street and put it down in the house. So how does it help to run to there? But how are you going to get it inside? So the Gemara says, you fling it inside this Zorgle Kalachar Yad. You do like this wave, like flinging it inside in a backhanded way. Um, so therefore, so like let's say Rashi gives an example that you turn away from the door, you throw it from the shoulders backwards. So it's a Malachas done in a, no, in a strange way. There's no Daraisa. Of getting it inside, so you ran till you got home. So that's how we make sure you don't walk, carry four amos or Uh, so that you never stop. You never did an akira in the street. 
And then once you get to get it inside, you're just going to fling it backwards. And this is like, you know, it's very interesting how this can happen. Like a halakha for a person who's caught for the wallet with his wallet on him right when Shabbos starts. So the best thing is give it to a guy, then the animal, then the chayoshet of a god, then that was he said. And then we have two more options we're learning about in the Gemara. Either to carry less than four almas, stop within four almas every time, or to actually run home and fling it uh, in a backward, backhanded manner inside the house. Says the Gemara, we spoke about leading an animal that's carrying on Shabbos that it's also. So the Gemara says, Not only is it forbidden to Arisa to lead an animal on Shabbos that's carrying, but it's actually going to be and if you do have a mazid, you get stoned. It's like treated like a full malacha, my time. It says in don't do you and then with your animal. So the language is we compare the malacha that's being done together with his animal, just like malacha done by himself. Mahu, just as when you do malacha yourself. Um, if you do it yourself, you're chayav b'shogei for achatas and intentionally stoning. We compare it, um, and therefore it's mamish like another malacha. It's very strange. We shouldn't even bother. Like it sounds like there's another malacha instead of thirty-nine malachas, we really have forty malachas, right? The whole thing is that when you do a malacha with your animal, there's another chi of chatas uh, that is possible. There are two problems with this. The Pasuk says, when it's talking about punishment of a it says for a person who does, uh, really, who's doing idolatry, and we say there that there's one halacha between the people who do idolatry and the rest of the Torah. So what, what's the connection between idolatry and the rest of the Torah? We compare the rest of the Gideon of the Torah. When you're doing it, you're only chai when you do something with your body. You're only chai to do some action yourself. But if you're just leading an animal that's caring, it's not considered a malach, it's not considered a real maisa, and therefore it doesn't make sense that you can actually be chai v'chatas. That's one objection. Oh, and furthermore, tonight we learned in the Mishnah, it says someone who desecrates Shabbos. About the Chil Shabbos, that was something. That's Machayev stoning um, or Achatas. So you see from the fact that we say you desecrate Shabbos with something that's Machayev Achatas. There is a type of desecration of Shabbos that's not so severe. For the fact that the Mishnah there has to specify a type of Chil Shabbos that is so severe, we see that there's a type that's not as severe. So what is this other type? It must be the Iser uh, to lead a, a loaded animal. So we see we see that there is a for, that Labna Machamer is not, even though it's an Iser Daraisa, but it's not Chayav Achatas. It's just a random lap. So the Gemara deflects, it's not a problem. It could be we're talking about the Isra of violating Tchumen. According to Rabbi Kiva, it's only a lav, it's Daraisa, but it's only a lav, it's no Chiyav Chatas or, or stoning if a person goes outside the Tchum, or kindling a flame, I'll leave it to Rabbi Yossi. The Pasuk by kindling a flame that the Gemara is talking about is that in Parshish Vayakal, it says, Don't kindle a fire. So the question is, why does the Torah have to say don't kindle a fire? All the other Malachas are just learned from the Mishkan. The Torah doesn't have to delineate specifically what the 39 Malachas are. So Rabbi Yossi says that the Pasuk is coming to say that kindling a flame is only a lav. It's not as severe. You don't get stoned if you kindle the flame. And that's why the Pasuk is specifically saying it's a lav there in the Torah. Uh, there is no Chiyav Chatas for or, or or stoning for kindling. So that would be another example of something that, that the Mishnah might have to exclude. Someone who's Makal Shabbos within what's high of Skila to exclude kindling Kuntrabiosi. But it's possible the Gemara is defending that Machaber, Machamer leading a loaded animal might really not be might be Chayvachatas like the Gemara had said, and we're still in the middle of that discussion. We'll pick up tomorrow what the truth is, whether Machamer is Chayvachatas and, and stoning or not.